Good morning. Great to be with you. I'm Andy. I'm from St. Peter's. Um, I'm very glad to be with you. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions before we start. What's the best thing that Jesus did in the New Testament Gospels? For you, yeah, what's the story that you really like? The thing that makes you think, wasn't Jesus amazing? What was the thing that you really, the best thing that you like about what Jesus said, did and said in the Gospels? Come to make all things new. Okay, so that promise of come, make all things new, keep them coming. What else? His compassion. Give, give me an example. Give, who said compassion? Me. Sarita, well, give me an example. Just all the time. Just think, yeah. Woman caught in adultery, woman by the well, loads of stories. Yeah. He's, he's so humble. He's so humble. He doesn't look at us and say, really, why would I spend time with you? He's just very, very, very... What other stories that you really like about Jesus? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he showed us how to do that by doing it himself. That's absolutely beautiful, Catherine. Anything else? What's the thing that you really love? Give me one example. Just one, anyone. Blind man. Blind man. So, so he did amazing. He always had the answer. He was never, he was never flummoxed. He was never left not knowing what to do. Anybody who came to him, he could, he could meet their needs. Anything else? He always had time for people who never turned any other way. And um, he was accessible. And the perfect example of that, I think, is yeah. he touches his friends. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. What's the best thing that Jesus has ever done for you? What's the best thing that Jesus has ever done for you? I've got lots of stories I could tell. I'm sure we all do. Whilst you're thinking, I'll give some stories. For me, he saved me when I was 15 and I totally rejected him. I'd deliberately gone against him and yet he came and found me out. It was a real lost sheep moment. I look back on that and think, you're amazing, Jesus. Why didn't you just say, you've had your chance, Andy, you've lost it, you've, you've, you've blown it. He kept coming after me. He's, he healed me from depression in my 20s in an amazing way. He's provided for me um, in extraordinary ways at different times. What, what stories for you? Just throw out one or two. I was going to say something very similar. Is that the yeah, he goes, he goes after the one. Yeah, so we've all got that story of Jesus coming after us as the one. Other stories? How has Jesus helped you? Wow. So the moment when you call out to God and he does something, 
Yeah. 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 Brilliant. So real needs, God help, and your daughter vomits. And I don't think anybody's ever given that me that answer before. So praise God, she vomited. And the vomit was all over the car. Fantastic. But God's with us. We've all got those stories. Turn to the person next to you and just give one story of how Jesus has helped you. Just one story of how Jesus has helped you. You've got 20 seconds. Any other stories you want to share? Anything you've heard from a friend that you want to share? I'm catching people's eye. Some people are looking away from me. Is it Jess? Tess, I beg your pardon, Tess. Yeah. So it's another, it's another kind of calling out to Jesus and he helping us. So is that fair? And, in, and you were there in time for the death. It's beautiful. Thank you, Tess. Um, what we have described about the things we find most attractive about what Jesus said and did in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and what we have just described in terms of the things that Jesus has done in our lives is what we mean, what you mean, when you say you have a vision to extend the love of Jesus into Sydenham and Forest Hill and South East London and to pursue God's kingdom. Because what you are saying you want to do as a church is to extend the experience that people in Forest Hill, Sydenham and South East London will have of this Jesus of his love, of his grace, of his compassion, of his being there with people, of his, I mean, the, the greatest prayer I know is help. God answers that prayer so beautifully. I was on a motorbike once. I just passed my motorbike test. I had a hire bike. Um, and as I was driving along the A27 to take it, back to, the, uh, take it back to the owners where I'd rented it from, 
the rear tyre blew at 60 miles an hour on a dual carriageway. I had passed my test 35 minutes earlier. The back of the bike is snaking, and I'm in the middle of three lanes of traffic, um, and I just call out, save me, Jesus! <laughs> That's all I prayed. And, uh, you know, in a beautiful way, God helped me to hold the bike together, move over, and say, the number of times we could give that answer. Jesus answers the prayer, help me. Help me. It's one of the most beautiful prayers you can pray. And that's when you say, we want to extend the love of Jesus um, to the people of southeast London and to pursue the kingdom of God. That's what we're saying. We want more people to know this Jesus. We want more people to have this experience of his help, of his love, his compassion, of his beauty, of his kindness, of his healing, of his provision, of his direction, of his purpose, of his valuing people. All of these things is what we want to see happen. This is what we're describing. Well, the great thing is that when you say that's what you want to see happen, Jesus is saying, yes, do it. I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's go. Jesus is, is winding you up, and he's right beside you, and he's giving you his spirit, and he's driving you forward and saying, Let's go. Let's do it. Because what you have described in all the things you love about Jesus and all the things that Jesus has done for you, you've described what Jesus wants for everyone and what he wants to do through you. So you've been commissioned. So Jesus commissioned the 12 and the 72 to go out into the villages and to heal the sick and raise the dead and proclaim the kingdom. And then he says to them at the end of Matthew, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I have taught you. So Jesus is saying, I've taught you to be disciples, to do the things I've been doing. Now I want you to teach others to be the disciples, and they're to teach others, and they're to teach others, and they're to teach others, and they're to, te te to teach others. And 2,000 years later, here we are at the end of that line. We are the ones that Jesus has said, I want you to disciple all nations. Go out there and do the things I've been doing. And in John 14, he says, you'll do, whoever believes in me will do the things that I have been doing. And then he goes on to say, they'll do even greater things. Jesus has commissioned you to do this. He's given you this role. I know what you're thinking, but we'll get to that in a moment. He's commissioned you to say, I want you to do this. I'm commissioning you to do it. He's empowered you to do it. Because I'm guessing that part of what you're thinking is, you must be joking. You must be joking. Look at us, 30 of us here. How many people in South East London? How many people, never mind South East London, what about Forest Hill and Sydenham? You must be joking. But he's given us his spirit and it's appropriate on Father's Day, happy Father's Day to those of you who are fathers, um, but it's appropriate on Father's Day to think about, is it Luke 12, where Jesus says, uh, which one of you, which one of you fathers, if your child asks for whatever it is, will give him a scorpion, how much more will my Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So he gives us his spirit. So he's commissioned us, and he's empowered us to do this. But be very clear 
This isn't an offer. This isn't an invitation. This isn't a, listen, if you've got any time on your hands, would you mind just doing a bit of this? Or if you're feeling up to it, would you ever, would you, would you mind? This is the Lord of heaven, the most beautiful person who's ever lived, who's died for us, who's ra- risen from the dead, who's glorified, who reigns in heaven, saying, I command you to go. And it's an invitation that none of us want to turn down. But it's an invitation that we don't have an option about whether we turn down. The option is to obey or disobey. But it isn't an option as to whether or not it's for me or for us. What's this got to do with Gideon? Well, I was given the passage of of Gideon. um, And I looked at it and thought, well, what does that tell us about what God's wanting to say to us now? And I think it's a very relevant message. Most of us know the story of Gideon. So the Israelites were living in fear. The Midianites and Amorites and all the other ites were uh, ruling over us and were oppressing us. And we were having to hide away, keep out of of people's view. Um, Just don't make a fuss. Hope to not be noticed and just get on with our own thing. So Gideon is found pressing... Um, sifting the wheat in a wine press, which anybody who knows about these things knows is madness. But he was doing it so he wouldn't be seen, hiding away. And they call out to God and they say, help. That's the magic prayer. Keep praying help. Keep praying help. God loves to answer that prayer. Help. So they call out to God and say, help. And when they say help, God says, well, God comes to Gideon, and this is what Gideon is told. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Now, Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior. There's not many other people who'd have said he was a mighty warrior. But in God's eyes, he was a mighty warrior. The message to you is that Jesus sees you as a mighty warrior. Jesus sees you as a mighty warrior. You are going to do incredible things. There's an if, of course. Of course there's an if. You can work out what the if is, can't you? If what? If you pray, if, if you pray with the Holy Spirit, you, f- you work out what's the if, but God sees you as a mighty warrior. You can do it, is the message from Jesus to you. In the same way that the message from God to Gideon was, you are a mighty warrior. What was Gideon's reply to that? Go on, Despina. But so, if the Lord is with us, why then hasn't this happened to us? Yes. So he's got two answers. The first one is, so if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? In other words, it's all your fault, God. 
Now, I said the best prayer is help. I'm going to, right up there with the prayer help is any honest prayer. The only prayers that God likes are honest prayers. He loves honest prayers. He's given us psalms to say, there you are, this is how to pray honest prayers. Are you feeling fed up? Use Psalm 88, that'll help you. Are you feeling irritated? Use Psalm whatever it is. He's given us psalms and examples and models. He loves honest prayers. He doesn't like posh prayers. He doesn't like polite prayers. He, listen, he's, he's our father. He loves to hear from us, even if we're being posh and polite. But what he really wants is honest prayers. And so when Gideon says to him, um, when Gideon says to him, but if the Lord is with us, why are we in such trouble? He's got, Gideon's having a go at God. What should God be saying? How dare you? He doesn't say any of that. He receives it. And if you look at God time and time and time and time and time again, he loves honest prayers. If you want to um, work with Jesus in seeing the kingdom of God come in Forest Hill, Sydenham, and South East London, you're going to have to have some honest prayers. You're going to have to really talk to God and say what you're feeling. When was the last time you prayed to Jesus and told him exactly what you thought? Because that was your last best prayer. He loves it. He loves it when you're honest with him. Because if you're honest with him, it means you trust him. You're not going to be honest with somebody you don't trust, are you? And he knows what you're thinking anyway. You're not going to fool him with a, with a polite prayer. Pray honest prayers. Lord, if we're supposed to be the people who are bringing about the kingdom in Forest Hill, Sydenham, and, and South East London, with others, it's not just up to us. There's a whole church out there. But if that's what you want for us, why is it not happening? What, be honest. Be honest. Say to God what it is that you need to say to him and what you're really feeling and thinking. And then the second thing he says, I'm using your Bible. I should have kept my Bible so I could find it. But anyway, here it says, but sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. In other words, thanks very much, God, for thinking so highly of me. I do appreciate it, but uh, could you find somebody else, please? Gideon wasn't given that choice, and nor are you, by the way. You can't say, I hope the church down the road will do it, because actually we're, just, you know, we're finding it tough just to keep ourselves going, or whatever it is. This is the commission that God gives you, and he tells you you are a mighty warrior. And he even says to Gideon, go in the strength that is in you. Go in the strength that you have. So God has given you what you need. He started it all off with 12 disciples. Were you out, far out number 12? He's given you the strength you need. And what you don't have, he'll provide. But there is a bit of bad news. The bad news is not happening. It's not happening to the way that we would like to see it happening. If you've got a dream for Forest Hill, Sydenham, and South East London, it's not yet realized. It's not happening to the same extent. And that's the problem that the Israelites had. God had an amazing plan for the world, and it wasn't happening. The Israelites had let it fall into abeyance. The Israelites were now on the retreat. And that's, in many ways, broadly true for the institutional church today. You remember the R number. Do you know what the R number is? Chris Whitty. Yeah, we're talking about COVID here. The R number, what's the R number? 
in case you're thinking, hang on, the R number, which book in the Bible is that? Um, <laughs> it's the reproducibility, hence R, reproducibility rate of, in this case, a virus. And, and what? If, if R is one, that means what? It means for every one person who's got COVID, another person will get COVID. So it carries on going. If it's higher than one, it means what? It'll increase. For every one person who has COVID, more than one person's going to get COVID. And if that's true for everybody, then it's going to grow, 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 which is what we had, of course. And if it's under one, it decreases. So if it's less than one, then for every person who has COVID, less than one person's getting it, which means over time it'll shrink, which is what we're praying for and hoping for and working for. Well, in the R number, there's a mathematician who's done the R number for the church. Now, in this case, for COVID, a high R number is bad. We don't want it because we don't want COVID. But in a church context, an R number is high, is good. We want a high R number because it means for every one Christian, there's going to be more than one who is who, person who becomes a Christian, who comes to know Jesus, who comes into the kingdom. So we want a high R number. Now, if the R number is lower than one, what's going to happen? Tess, I can see you doing the hand. It's, you're plummeting. It's, you're falling off a cliff. So this mathematician has done the R number for the Church of England. And guess what it is? Just have a guess. What do you think the R number is for the Church of England nationally? Charles? So you said what? Negative five. Negative five. Wow. If it's negative five, the church is going to be gone in a, by about next Tuesday. Um, it is, it is, it's a low number. It's lower than one, Charles. I don't think it can be lower than zero. Don't know. You, you may, you, I don't know, it might be. It's, it's 0.9, apparently, if you're interested in that. And you don't, it doesn't mean anything except it's lower than one. And lower than one means slowly over time. The institutional church, and I'll keep saying that because God, God's going to, you know, the, the church is going to be fine. The interchurch, institutional church may not be. Um, but it's 0.9. He's predicted, I think it's by 2062, the Church of England will die out. Um, we don't need to worry ourselves about that because we are mighty warriors and Jesus is going to use us to bring the kingdom to Forest Hill, Sydenham and South East London. But the point is, we're not there yet. That's what the R number's telling us. And I don't know, I'd love to know, what's the R number for HT? Don't know. You might want to guess at that. But the question is then, what needs to happen? What needs to happen for you to see the kingdom of God come in Forest Hill, Sydenham, and South East London. Well, the lesson from Gideon is you need to obey the word. So chapter one, the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. In other words, they didn't do what God had said. And when the prophet comes along, the prophet says, God did all of this for you and you didn't obey his word. You worshipped other gods. So can I look you in the eye, read the Bible as a church, and read the Bible individually and do what it says? That's number one. Number two, Marianne gave us earlier, be filled with the Spirit. So Gideon is told to go in the strength that he has, but later on, you know the story of Gideon, don't you? So after, after this commissioning, he gathers... Um, he gathers Israelites together and he fights the Midianites. Now, there are 30, he gets 32,000 soldiers to fight the Midianites, and God says that's far too many. 
Um, if, if, if you win with 32,000, you'll think you did it, and you won't recognize that I did it, and you'll reject me. So he sends off 22,000 who are scared, and he's left with 10,000. And Jesus says, God says, that's still too many. So he it does a little test about how you drink your water. And do you know how many people are left fighting the midnight, Midianites after that? You can't look in the answers, Despina. That's cheating. 300. Catherine, beautiful answer. It's 300. So 300 uh, left. So from 32,000 to 300. And they destroy the Midianites with the strength of 300. But how do they do it? They do it in 634. But the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and so it goes on. It's the Spirit of the Lord. If you're looking at yourself and saying, Forest Hill, Sydney, South East London, that must be a couple of million people. We're 20. How's this going to happen? Um, you're thinking the right questions but you're looking at the wrong answer. The answer isn't how strong you are. The answer is you with the Holy Spirit. So it's obey the word and it's be filled with the Spirit. And then the first thing Gideon did after he was commissioned was he, he went to the Asherah poles of the false god Baal and he destroyed them. He did it in the middle of the night because he was a bit scared that he'd be found out, but he did it. And what he was doing there was getting rid of the old God and making sure that Israelites came back to the new God. Well, in language that we might, not new God, sorry, the true God, Yahweh, the language that we might use today is he's making Jesus known. In other words, helping people who are trusting in other things come to know Jesus and trust in him getting rid of the things that don't work in order to offer the thing that does work, Jesus. So it's obey the words, it's be filled with the Spirit, it's make Jesus known. And then I could go on, but you've probably seen what I'm doing. Have you worked out what I'm doing here? Somebody's worked out what I'm doing here. Obey the word, be filled with the Spirit, make Jesus known. Shall I keep going? At some moment, these words are going to chime with you. Be persistent, yeah. Okay, let me carry on. So um, he's, he was very bold. So he was, you might even say he was bold for God. Anything ringing a bell with you yet? Your church's vision and values. If you go through your values and church vision, this is, what, uh, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to um, extend the love of Jesus and to pursue the kingdom of God in Forest Hill, Sydenham, and South East London. That's what you said you want to do. And he's saying, yes. Yes. Thank you. You've got it. Now let's do it. And then the question is, well, how do you do it? And then go to your values. It's the word and spirit it's make Jesus known. And if you really wanted to stretch it a little bit, you could go through the others. So everyday disciples, Gideon was, wasn't doing this as a religious act. This was the whole of life. He was turning the Israelites back to following Yahweh, following God in all of life, not just for a religious ceremony on a, on a Sunday or a Sabbath. Um, bold in faith. He was being incredibly bold, given the commission that God gave him, given the Spirit empowering him. He was incredibly bold. And you could even make a case for feels like family, but I would be probably be stretching it a bit far. 
and I've probably run out of all credibility, so I'll leave it there. But what, what, what we've done is looked at the, the, what, Gideon, what God said to Gideon and what I think Jesus is saying to you. It's go in the strength that you have, be filled with the Spirit, obey the Word, do the other things you said you're going to do, be, a, be family, uh, make Jesus known, be bold. And as you do that, by the power of the Spirit, with Jesus with you, you will see Sydenham and Forest Hill, and with other churches, of course, South East London, come to see the kingdom of God come in all the beautiful ways that we saw here, coming to make all things new, seeing compassion, people experiencing Jesus with them in twos or threes, people loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, strength, and so on, seeing healings and miracles, having time where people are being blessed by God's presence.